Hello and welcome to another episode of OK Boomer. I'm your host, David Knight, and I'm joined in the studio by my very special guests, Hannah Rice and Joy Moore. And the topic for today is music and workplace demands. But before we get started, please ring that bell for notifications to get the very latest from OK Boomer. Also, today, OK Boomer is brought to you by PIN Business Network. Don't settle for the audience Google gives you. Let PIN create the audience you need. Visit them today at PIN bn.com so let's get started hey joy it's so great to have you we have a uh, generation x in the room so we've been kind of focusing on the uh, boomers and millennials but we've got that great age group in between us so joy welcome thank you very much i'm glad to be here yeah and hannah great to have you back yeah thanks for having me how was your week it's been good yeah yeah working hard yeah Hey man, we're all we're all working super hard here at Pin. So uh, it's been a, it's been an amazing week picking up some more accounts and uh, breaking new snow in terms of technology that we're building. So it's amazing. But let's get to the topic at hand, and I think music is a great place to start. I mean, I start my day with music. I don't know if you guys do, I but do too. that's the first thing. I, do you have an Alexa? No, I have I have an Alexa. I literally get out of bed and I walk over to Alexa and I say, Alexa, play. Right, and uh, I normally play um, what do I put? Cat Stevens in the morning. Uh, a beautiful day, I think it's something like that. But that's how I start my day. Um, so Cat Stevens obviously is probably around the boomer generation. <laughs> um, but what did you guys listen to this morning? Well, I usually don't start listening to music until I'm probably in the car, and if I'm too lazy to plug in my phone and play my own music, I'll just listen to. The radio and I've got it kind of hooked up to a bunch of different stations for whatever mood I'm kind of in uh, okay. but yeah and what about you Joy? I also like a bunch of different kinds of music but my daughter this morning was blasting K-pop <laughs> BTS okay. so okay. I was listening to that okay how old is she 16 wow okay okay yeah so uh, I think the interesting thing is you know what are the similarities or, or differences with the music that you know the boomers listen to um, versus millennials and and one of the thoughts was that there's a quite a revival of some of those 60s bands and 60s music so mm-hmm. do you know any of those bands Hannah yeah I mean probably not as well as others would but I mean I definitely like to dabble in some of those type bands that are technically not really my generation generation's music but I noticed it a lot when I was in college that um, people just kind of at like tailgates and parties and stuff. It's just like the music that like everyone can enjoy and appreciate. So it's just kind of what would always be playing. And it seems like a lot of people in my generation enjoy listening to it just as much as when it was super popular or like new. Mm -hmm. But I feel like those bands, that's what makes them so prolific is the fact that they can be relevant for so long. And that's why... Um, I think they're still so popular, but what about you, Joy? I grew up listening to sixties music. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who's your favorite? <clears throat> you know, I was really into, um, Simon and Garfunkel and, um, I mean, I listened to all the Beatles Yeah. and, yeah. um, my dad was really into the beach boys. So I okay. used to listen to a lot of beach boys. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I like Beach Boys too. So I was just thinking, my early memory of like listening to bands was uh, I grew up in KL, so I was young, maybe I was six or seven, and uh, the family car had an eight-track tape in it, and mm-hmm. there was Gary Puckett and the Union Gap and uh, a few others. But it was just I was just thinking about that last night. It's and played some on Alexa, so Alexa still goes back in the archives, right? And so <laughs> it was great to hear that kind of music and. Who could believe the Rolling Stones are still performing? Right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen them live? No. I saw I saw them in Sydney um, when I was living there. It's just it was great to see them. It was just like, how do these guys still perform? They right. must be like seven. I think they're in their seventies, right? Yeah, they have to be. 70s, yeah. So yeah, Jagger actually just got like heart surgery this past year. Did he? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he's super. He's super fit. It's, I think it's Keith Richards that we're just like, is he really still alive? I mean, he's, like, <laughs> he's, he's had a pretty tough tough life, but. What, what, do you, what do you think music plays in society today? What role does it play? Um, I mean, I would say that everyone kind of knows their own taste in music just because it's, like, so accessible to everyone. And there's all these different streaming services now that make it so easy to listen to 
all these different types of music 24-7 pretty much. So, I mean, I have Spotify, and Spotify is basically, like, there's not a day that I don't go without listening to Spotify. So, I mean, I think it's it's just something that becomes a part of everyone's daily life, which, I mean, I can't speak to in the past when we didn't have that type of technology, mm-hmm. if it still played that part. But I would say that, yeah, it's, like, a pretty integral part of everyone's every single day just like you said you wake up and listen to it every day right and i also go to sleep so we're listening to music so i don't know i, I don't uh last night i was listening to opera and journey so uh you know <laughs> <laughs> I got a very kind of eclectic kind of music piece but it, it, i really enjoy it because it, it uh you know it either wakes me up or gets me in a great mood or you know calms me down so it's, it's kind of interesting what, what do you think about playing music, you know, through speaker systems in the workplace? Is that a good idea or bad idea? I would love that. I love listening to music. I'm kind of, my parents think I'm weird because it helps me concentrate to kind of have some background noise. So I always love listening to music or it's probably more of a bad habit to listen to TV, but music would be I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's an absolute no from me. I love music, and I would listen to it on my headphones. Um, even then, I don't like to have my headphones in as much as some people do. Right, right. Um, I like to kind of hear what's going on in the yeah in the office, and you know, just hear what's what's happening. But um, when we whenever we've had somebody play music, it it can kind of be fun for a few minutes, but then you can't. Uh, you can't account for other people's tastes. And so if it's a, I don't know, it can be distracting, I think. Yeah, yeah. I guess it would depend on, like, the type of music for me. Like, if, yeah. obviously, if someone was playing, like, like super hard bluegrass folk music, like, probably wouldn't love that. Or, like, rap music I'm not a big fan of. Like, that would be really is hard to rap, concentrate. Is that rap music with a C? No, like, just normal no, kind of that's, like that's a joke like crap crap music <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. i'm like what i've never heard that one before but yeah exactly i'm just i don't really like rap that's my personal taste yeah. it's definitely a big part of i think my generation's musical tastes and yeah that, that's just one generation i or generation um music genre that i cannot cannot get behind all the way <laughs> yeah no i think we're right i mean there, there's this it's such a personal taste right and you can't this is one of those things that you can't please everybody right. right um and it's probably you can please some of the people some of the time and maybe some of those real classic mm-hmm. songs that get you out of your chair and have some fun but uh yeah it, it's it's an interesting one because you know there's good and bad i know uh, my daughter was telling me in their office they were allowed to play music and it just they had to stop that policy in the office because people were just distracted or they didn't like the music or you know somebody was assigned for the you know the 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 playlist and it was always a controversial kind of job to do so they 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 ixnate it ixnate it um and uh you know i I find that interesting but let's talk about the workplace today right so i think this is really important as you design company structures and we're actually moving into a new office so the workspaces i notice of today are very different to the workspaces of when I was in the, you know, started in the corporate world. And I think when companies are starting to design, you know, their workspaces, you know, they really have to take into account, you know, the different generations, what, what makes sense. Um, so let's talk about the perfect office, right? So obviously no music, at <laughs> least, you know, played, played over the, 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 um, the speakers, but what, what, what makes a workspace really comfortable for you guys? And we'll see if there's a difference from generation to generation here. <laughs> Um, I think like I've I came from an office where I mean there was kind of not a lot of chit chat going on and like it was a little bit eerily quiet at times where it's like if you were to say anything or speak too loudly you felt a little bit uncomfortable and so I mean one thing that I think is kind of nice in, in an office is that there's a very like friendly vibe where you don't really feel bad about like maybe having a side conversation or like going and like talking to someone in person like it's not going to like super disrupt everyone around you just more of an open kind of light feel I guess not where like everyone's like head in a desk don't talk to me type thing Mm -hmm. so I guess that would be one thing that I appreciate about an office so I don't know if you feel the same way about that (laughs) (laughs) well 
some of it and some of it not. I think what's funny in our in our office here is we have a ping pong table and I have the desk closest to the ping pong table. And um, that used to be more irritating than it is now. I think at first it just took some getting used to. I'm not a ping pong player. I mean, I guess I could be. Um, but that was a little frustrating for me at first. Um, but I do like the atmosphere that the ping pong table allows for. I like that we have a playful, interactive office place. Um, the other thing that we used to have is... Um, people used to be able to bring their dogs to the office. And I am not a dog person. I have a dog, but I'm not a person who really likes to have dogs just milling about, barking, whatever. <laughs> and so that's something that took some getting used to for me. Um, so I would say as far as an ideal office environment, I like it to be friendly within reason, um, not overly playful. Yeah, I, I need I need to be able to focus and I need to be right. able to get my job done. Right. So my first job in uh, in quote in the corporate world, like everybody had offices, right? And uh, the only people that didn't have offices were either the PAs that were in a desk outside the office, or really junior junior people. Or but the the concept of open plan was never really a concept, right? Um, and then as as I guess you know cor corporations have matured and the workforce has changed then open plan is you know pretty well the the the, the main now um and i've seen it all the way from <clears throat> totally open plan no offices right where the the head ceo or the department head or whatever it is sits at the big table at the front and then you know everybody's it's almost like i've got flashbacks to working in asia but you know there's just rooms of people with desks right and mm -hmm. there's no walls there's no meeting rooms and everybody looks up and then the bosses on the desk you know the dais a raised platform on the big desk looking at everybody so that's that was pretty weird and then my time at ebay <clears throat> was really good i mean there were there were offices uh, but even the ceo and all the execs uh, were in an open plan but they had their own kind of conference room right so mm -hmm. if they needed to get into a private space or they needed to have a private meeting then they had a um <clears throat> they had a uh, the meeting room available to them um, but lots of planning goes into workspaces, especially uh, areas that people can gather, um, you know, for informal meetings or, or formal meetings. So, you know, I've seen rooms with just beanbags in it, right? I've seen rooms with high tops and lots of, you know, uh, whiteboards. Um, but we're, we're going to, I think, some, have some fun with our new space. Um, we've got a mix of open plan, some offices for the execs. Um, and I've got one, but I'm, I'm just thinking about this. I might try and grab a cube outside too um, because it's, again, I like to be out with the people listening to what's going on mm -hmm. and, and being able to like talk over the transom, right? So, hey, <laughs> Lynn, are you there? Can I ask you a question? Right. seems to be like a speedy way of communicating. But, um, you know, what we're trying to get to is a format where there's lots of, um, you know, these huddle rooms, basically, um, where you can have, you know, meetings, you know, two to four people or a private conversation. And then we've got three larger conference rooms that will uh, take larger meetings, um, you know, probably 15 to 20 people. And then the building that we're moving into actually has a, a almost a, a amphitheater type. It's a large space that's, you know, open to all uh, people that are in the building that if they have a all hands for 100 people, then they can accommodate that. So it's going to be a pretty cool space. But, um, you know, give me we're still kind of designing it. So let's talk about what other what this is your wish list, right? What, what do you want in the new, in the new <laughs> building in terms of facilities or space or uh, no music? So I took that off the list. So what else? Um, I mean, I would definitely agree with Joy's point on the dog thing because it's like I love dogs. I'm, yeah, like had dogs. Like I'll always love to see them and pet them and stuff. But like it's just it's just not the right place to have dogs unless your dog like is super well behaved and like is not going to make a lot of noise and just kind of like lays by your desk. Like okay, that's always the exception. But then there's always the dog that's like super like yippy and just like won't right. settle down and you can just kind of like hear that they won't settle down and it like gives you anxiety kind of. So it's like I get yeah like I know that that's kind of like a new modern thing that 
lots of offices are trying to like make a thing like by boyfriend like every office he's worked in has been like dog friendly and they have dogs like everywhere and he always kind of complains that there's always this one or like a puppy that's just not behaving well so I don't really think that that's necessary it's like you can leave your dog at home I mean they're gonna be fine I get it I'm sure (laughs) once you have a dog you probably want to bring it in it's nice but Maybe we just have a bring your dog to work day once a quarter yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I would say like, I think like an, a totally open floor plan where like every single person is on the same playing field is like a little strange. Mm-hmm. Like I get in like modern offices now, it's more normal for like the upper executives, like you were saying, to be more like kind of within everybody else to kind of like eliminate that hierarchy a little bit. But I mean, I definitely think there's probably times where it's just, you just need a room to like have a private conversation or whatever you need to do, have private conversations with like maybe an exec and then someone who they're managing, like where you don't really want the whole room to hear you. So like, I totally understand that. And I think, I mean, in a way that's always been something to work towards. Like if you do want to be someone who gets to be in a leadership role, that's kind of like one of the perks is you get, get that corner office. So it's like, I don't know. That's kind of just the way I see like that type of floor plan for sure. But as far as like wish lists, I guess, I don't know if I'm entirely on board with almost like Google's way of thinking where they make it like so comfortable for their employees to be there where they have like nap rooms Mm -hmm. and like make it so like, yeah, like where you never want to leave, which is like great. But I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm someone where it's like, I like to keep my work at work and like home comfortability, that kind of thing at home. So, but I mean, obviously like a nice kitchen where it's like, you're obviously eating lunch at work, like maybe just some places where you can go take a private phone call or just sit and enjoy like I always love when work environments have an outdoor area for like when the weather's nice you can go sit outside get some air because obviously in the middle of the day you kind of just need some time to like walk around or whatever it is so that would be nice for me what about you joy I think I wish that we could have more windows. I think I like our current office space because we have a nice view and we have windows. The new office space will be ground level and um, I won't have access to a, to my sunlight, but, mm. but that's okay. I'll figure it out. Um, another thing that when we were first moving or first thinking about moving into this office space, a bunch of us were looking up um, where would the closest Starbucks be? Right. And we wanted to know if it would be within walking distance, if, you know, most office buildings these days have a cafe in the building for all the office suites to to share. And um, our current one doesn't have really kind of any coffee bar, so to speak. And so I think the new one might have a few options, but um, we were all looking to see how close we would be to to a Starbucks. That's interesting. You know, the uh, tech team here has an espresso machine tucked away. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the two, uh, the two, uh, uh, we have two uh, kind of lunch eating areas. Um, and then one's much larger. It's got really nice high tops and stuff. So you can sit down and relax. But I'm, a, I'm we're all drinking coffee this morning. Right. You guys are at Starbucks. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I just made some black rifle coffee, I think. So um uh, yeah, Starbucks. Obviously, access to great coffee is is a is a big thing, and uh, hopefully, we can get Mike to put his espresso machine in the main cafeteria and teach us how to, yes. or at least you know, be the barista for the morning rush, right? Right. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Yeah, it's in, in, interesting. I just I go back to working at eBay right in San Jose, and on campus there it was a very large campus. I can't remember there's thousands of employees, but there was several Starbucks on campus in the building, and uh, I was doing at least three to four triple shot venti lattes a day. Oh, my gosh. So uh, it was not far to go down to get a cup of coffee. Um, and then, you know, they had a cafeteria, which is amazing. It was You had to pay for food, um, but, you know, high-quality food. So, again, you didn't really have to go far. There was a Starbucks probably, you know, walk, long walking distance from the campus if you wanted to get off campus. But it's interesting, those tech companies in Silicon Valley, you know, one of their recruiting angles these days is free food. Not only just food, but amazing chef quality food, lobster and stuff, right? So, wow. And then the snack break rooms have like free M&Ms and free Doritos and free this and free that and free water and free smart, you know, like, um, and uh, it becomes a really interesting 
either recruiting tool or retention tool, but it's hard for some companies to kind of compete with that. And I guess in the interview process, you now get asked like, do you have free food? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, gone, it's gone a little bit overboard, I think, but I don't know how you guys think about that, whether that's an important part of, you know, the, the, the package today as you're trying to recruit millennials um, or Gen Xs, you know, what's, what's, is that, a, is that a consideration set or are there more important things like cash in your pocket or health care? Yeah. yeah, cash and health care are more important to I me. I mean, I would say that's kind of what we've touched on before of like the millennial entitlement thing. If I ever went into an interview and said, do you have free food? <laughs> right. Or like basically turned down the job because there wasn't a full chef at my disposal. It's a little, a little ridiculous in my eyes, but because I think. I would, I mean, I've never personally encountered a work or like an, an interview where they did tell me that they had free food or anything like that. So I don't know. I just didn't think that was very common. So right. I wouldn't really expect that. And that wouldn't be like a deal breaker for me. I think it's great to like have like a cafeteria or a restaurant or some form of food like in the building. That's always super convenient and have it be pretty affordable because I've at my previous employer, we had, um, it was just a Pete's, if you guys have heard of that, mm -hmm. Pete's Cafe, yep. which is great. But, like, they have, like, sandwiches that are, like, mediocre for, like, $12. And it, that was just right. kind of ridiculous. And so that just sucked and encouraged me to just pack my lunch more. So. Right, right. But, yeah. Yeah, well, it kinda, it's a nice transition to our next topic, demands in the workplace, right? So what are, what are the... What are the current demands at a workplace like I must have or, you know, treat me this way? So it's kind of like a transition from entitlement. And it, I'll give you an example, right? So, um, <clears throat> and, and it's, it's, maybe it's not a demand, but maybe it's just a, a respect or an, uh, anyway, I'll give you the example. You tell me what it was, but I'm sitting in the office with another executive, you know, having a meeting and all of a sudden somebody just barges in and just says, hey, I need you to look at this, right? And no knocking, no, just was like implied access to the C executives, right, on demand, you know, my time, not your time. I, I, I found that kind of weird, but tell mm -hmm. me if that's normal. Is that, a, is, that a, is that a demand or an expectation that you have access to any execs when you want, you know, if you want? Um, I mean, I think that just comes down to, like, a respect thing. Like, no matter who the executive is talking to, like, you should always probably – have the courtesy to knock or maybe like shoot them a slack and if it's not urgent be like hey like once you're finished with your conversation like I'd love to talk with you but I don't know maybe that's just a me thing I, I would always be a little timid to do that I don't think I would ever feel comfortable to just barge into our CEO Joe's office while he's talking to someone I think I would probably get like death glares <laughs> so I think this person did get death glares but <laughs> yeah I mean especially if it was probably a conversation that's not intended for my ears I would right. just always maybe try and assume that right just to be respectful but Joy, what do you think? I agree. I think um, the term behind closed doors has always been kind of an important thing to respect in the office place. So um, I think that, yeah, I wouldn't interrupt anything unless it was a, a life or death situation. Right. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to like hierarchy, you know, chain of command. And so, you know, we're a pretty flat organization, but there are, you know, there are some chains of command. And um, I see a lot of people going around that, you know, as young people just, and I don't know whether that's, you know, an urgency thing or just, hey, you know, I, I've got to get this done. So if I can't find my boss, I'll just go to my boss's boss. Um, you know, how do you think about that? Because I've got my own perspective from the way I was ingrained on corporate culture, but I think it's changing. And I just, I, I don't know what the sensitivities are to that. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think it kind of just depends on like your office culture and like your office environment. Like, um, I mean, I think our office and our like upper execs are so friendly and so open to like talking to anyone and they never put off any sort of vibe that they won't talk to me or like are too busy for me or anything like that. So as long as it's appropriate, like appropriate timing or they're not busy or whatever, I would never feel too intimidated to just maybe like knock on Joe's door and like ask him a question if he's in alone or something like that. So I think that's a really cool thing that we have in this office that I do feel so comfortable with our upper management and they don't ever act 
like they're better than anybody or mm-hmm. in my opinion, I don't think they, they do. But I mean, at previous employers, I would not feel that same level of comfortability to do that kind of thing. So, but I think that is changing. That's probably just a um, more of a modern concept. I don't mm-hmm. think like, I think my parents would agree that they would probably not feel that sort of comfortable comfortability with like talking to that upper management person if they were kind of in my right. position. And I, I agree. I think that um, while our company is very um, open and friendly and we all have access to upper management, I still have ingrained in me that chain of command and that I wouldn't break that. And Mm so I like to um, develop relationships with other people in the office, other departments. Um, But as far as needing to get something approved, I would always go through the chain of command. And that's just ingrained in me from the last 20 years in the workforce. Yeah, same same to me. I know I got my ass handed to me as a young exec when I was trying to get something done. I really didn't like my boss. I thought he was a dick. And so, you know, I had something that I needed to get done and it was with great pleasure that I kind of skipped a, skipped a chain, you know, skipped a chain and went up to his boss, had a great meeting, but man, I got pulled into a room by this guy and was like, you know, we have a chain of command here. You know, you put me in a really embarrassing spot. I should have known about this. You know, I should have approved it. It was my job to get it approved up above me, blah, 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 blah. And so it was like, okay, I, I get that. And so, you know, the, you know, as we, as you develop as a young exec, you get, you know, you get higher and higher and you, you can see the benefits to that. Um, but the nice thing here, I think, you know, as you said, Hannah, and I think it's the workplace today, you know, the leadership has to have access to, you know, many, le- many levels down. And I openly say to my team, look, if you can't find me or you need something done or you have a problem and you don't think I'm the right guy to solve it, then go to Joe or go to, you know, go to whoever. It's just at the end of the day, I know, you know, I'm doing the best I can with what I'm trying to do. And if there's an issue, I know that I've got my support of my boss, right? So if there's something that needs to be decided or if I'm not delivering what I need to deliver, you know, I think that's actually fine. I think that's actually healthy that you have this kind of not only cross-functional but access up and down uh, in an organization so things can get solved really quickly. What I really hated about my early years in in corporate America was just the politics, right? And it, it does get down to politics and egos that, you know, people are kind of like trying to climb the corporate ladder, trying to outdo the person on the same rung, you know, across the aisle. Um, and that's a really unhealthy environment. Mm-hmm. So I like the way that corporate environments, communication and this, you know, more open communication across, you know, and up and down the organization is actually really, really healthy. You have to not have an ego. You have to have great people. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, bad stuff can happen. Bad conversations can happen. And But that's that's a symptom probably, but, you know, um, is that right? Whatever it is, it's, it's actually gets to the root of the actual issue. You know, if there's something going on from a communication and a hierarchy level, then there's deeper mm-hmm. issues in the organization. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. What are, what are some of these other kind of demands? What are the other demands that, you know, young people have of an organization as they come into it or work? What are the other things that are like, must I must have? And if I don't have, I'm going to get grumpy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think... We've kind of touched on it before that um, I think my generation, but others as well, it just kind of depends on kind of your outside life, outside of work. But I think a big thing is just flexible work hours and just knowing that life happens and having a company that is totally okay with you maybe having to work from home one day or kind of being more flexible with those PTO days, as long as you're not abusing them, obviously. But I just think it's nice to have that kind of like free, like life happens, do what you got to do type attitude in a work environment because it's very uncomfortable when something does happen or you do feel sick or whatever it is and you can't show up. And like, obviously, it's already kind of awkward and not fun to have to message your boss and tell them that. But if they're like being like kind of harsh and aggressive towards that, it's just like very uncomfortable and like not fun to work in that environment because I mean at my previous employer I actually one day was just feeling very ill and just not like I could get to work and I had a very long commute and I just didn't feel like comfortable even like driving as far as my commute because I was just feeling very sick and when I told my boss like she basically kind of like argued with me she's like are you like do you really need to be taking the whole day just like 
kind of getting to a point that is just so unnecessary. Like if someone tells you that they're sick, like can't you just take their word for it? And I'm not really a person that does that that often. Like I'll usually just kind of power through, but it was just a certain circumstance where it's like, that's what sick days are for. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not sure why, like you're arguing with me about this. And that was just very uncomfortable. And then moving forward, whenever I felt sick, I was like, well, I guess unless I'm dying, I better show up to work. So that was frustrating. And so I definitely do not feel that in my current work situation. So that's been like such a relief. So I think, yeah, just any sort of like flexibility, understanding, just like willing to realize that people have things going on outside of work and like work is not the only thing happening in people's lives. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think that's good. I really think that's a great perk that we have here at PIN. Um, But I also have seen where it's been abused, you know, and not necessarily here, but in other places. Um, And something that was very nice for me, though, is that when my mom um, had a sudden emergency situation last year, um, and she lives several states away, and and she had a a brain tumor and ended up needing brain surgery, and it was a cancer diagnosis. And um, having such a supportive work environment and also being able to take my work and go there and stay for two weeks and get my work done, but also support her. I know she has really appreciated that a lot. And then I was able to go once a month for the next several months and just um, just be of help to her. But having that flexibility was just a godsend in that time of my life. And I'm really appreciative of that. Um, but I have seen it abused by people. I've seen it at my previous employer. I supervised a girl who would just text me and say, I'm not feeling well, or I'm running 90 minutes late, or I'm, you know, (laughs) just, and that, it bothered me, first of all, that I was raised in the generation that you should call your boss, which we don't really do that anymore, um, to call your boss and tell them you're going to be late or that you're sick. And now it's just so easy to get out of things by just texting Mm. or slacking. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I go back to, again, big cultural differences between Australia and the U.S., but in Australia, it's mandated like four weeks paid leave mm, for, for wow. every employee from like day one, right? Um, and I rarely took those weeks of leave, so you just you got paid out at the end of the year, whatever it was. So I, 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 didn't, I was working so hard and didn't really want to be away from the office that I just kind of accumulated that and got paid out, which was a nice bonus, right? Um, but... Here in the U.S., and it's changing, but when I first arrived, it was like two weeks. That's all you got. And then, you know, after several more years, you might get an extra week. So I don't know what that number is. Maybe it's two years or three years, you get an extra week. And then maybe if you've been there 10 years, you get another week. So you didn't get four weeks leave until, you know, a long, long time into your kind of uh, employee base. And now it's like, you know, we have, you know, you know, unlimited PTO, so to speak, right? But obviously, you need to get your work done. And uh, it's not abused. So, you know, it, it is kind of a hot topic. And, um, you know, I think to your point, Joe, you know who's abusing it, right? And so that becomes a management, direct management responsibility to either say, you know, make them aware and say, look, you, if you're not getting your work done, right, that's a problem, right? Right. If you're getting your work done, great. Um, maybe you need to do more work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's a capacity piece. Um, I think the nice thing today is that, you know, if you get called away or have to be out of state for family needs or emergency, you can, you know, do that. You have a laptop. You know, you can pretty well be, be, you know, working as best you can. Um, where in the old days, if you weren't in the office, how would you work? Like the comp- you didn't have right. mobile PCs, you didn't That's have true. cell phones. So, so I think that gives you know, great scope. Um, and you're even seeing companies now moving to a four-day work week, right? So three-day weekend. So, um, and, <laughs> and that'd be great. <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got young CEOs out there saying, hey, no, we're even more productive than we've ever been because, you know, they're, you know, it sounds great that you have four days, but people are still getting their job done and they may be just, you know, working from home or, mm-hmm. you know, taking a three-day weekend, but they're taking their laptop and they're, you know, they're getting stuff done. Um, I like to, I like to say, and, uh, you know, I guess it's part of the OK Beamer show. I keep going back in time to try and give people pearls of wisdom, right? But I can remember I got held to task by my boss for one of my team that, you know, this person wasn't delivering. And I'm like, she's working so hard, right? And, you know, she's in early, she's in late. So it's not the lack of like effort. 
And he said to me, look, you know, it's not about turning the handle on the sausage machine. It's about how many sausages come out, right? So, you know, if we were focusing on the sausage machine, then that means, hey, you've got to be in the office from nine to five or longer. And as mm -hmm. long as I see you at your desk looking like you're turning the sausage machine, then you're a good employee, right? And, you know, that, that meant that, you know, this working remotely was not an option because you couldn't see the person turning the sausage machine, mm. right? They had to be in the office and you were counting their hours and you'd walk around the office just saying, okay, are they busy? Are they busy? Are they busy, right? And so I think that's a big shift in, you know, the way people should actually manage their performance of their team and say, look, I don't care if you're, you can turn the sausage machine twice and put out six sausages, that's better than turning the machine 20 times and no sausages coming out. So right. as long as you're very clear with the output, right, what are your deliverables? And if you're talking to your team saying, I need these things done by this date, these things done by this date, just think about those as sausages. And I really shouldn't care whether you're sitting at your desk doing it or doing it late at night at working from home or doing it remotely. You really shouldn't care about that. Uh, as long as you know the employee is delivering what they're asked to do. Um, so I think that's a really big dramatic shift and it's an important one, but it puts the onus on the team and it has to cascade down from the very top, right? What are the business goals? What are the business objectives? You know, what are your KPIs? Is it revenue? Is it what, you know, acquisition? What, what is it? And then that has to cascade down the organization. So everybody in the organization knows what their cog in the big machine is to get that output and so as long as you're saying to everybody on your team hey i need this for you from you this week or the next 30 days or the first quarter or whatever that is if you're very clear on that then you should let your employees succeed right um be be there for them for any questions but you know think about you know the transition from is somebody you know turning the handle on the sausage machine to what what quality sausages are they making and how many right right that's good yeah does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, a big part of just being productive in general, in my mind, is if you're on a team, then it's like I played team sports my whole life. And, you know, like, I mean, our CEO, Joe, has kind of reiterated a lot that, like, if you're not doing what you need to do, like, you're going to make it a hell of a lot harder for your teammate to do what they need to do. Right. So it's just like, I mean, that's a big motivator for me as well is, like, I never want to let my team down. I never want to make anyone's life harder. I think that's just, like, a big thing that's been instilled in me and just being a good worker and a good teammate and just a good person to have to not let the person down because then obviously it's like if you're kind of doing that back and forth then it'll be reciprocated like if you, right. they took time off like we're dealing with that right now on our team um, one of our coworkers is on paternity leave so we're taking care of his work right now and then I get to go take a vacation and he's going to take care of my work and we just kind of have each other's backs in that right. way and right. we know it's always going to be reciprocated so I think that's just a super important thing especially um, just yeah, within and, your own little team. And you guys had fun yesterday pimping out Mike's desk area, we right? We did. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming in today mm -hmm. with, a, with a brand new I think so, belt. yeah. Lunchtime. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I struggled with this virtual working for a while, and I, I still kind of do. Um, and it's now I've transitioned from it's not necessarily the sausages, uh, but it's about collaborative thinking right mm -hmm. and so i do believe and that's why i'm excited about our new office that if you can put people in an informal you know grouping or you know i think there are more discussions and decisions made in the kitchen right because people actually naturally kind of talk about stuff right or hey did you know this or hey what you know and especially cross-functionally mm -hmm. right because you're in your area and you're pr probably really good at communicating with your team but, you know, there are, there are several really critical teams in the organization that seldom do they get a chance to kind of talk to each other. And it's normally, you know, the walking down the aisle or the water cooler or the coffee machine or the kitchen. It's, like, it's an opportunity to kind of cross-fertilize ideas or follow up on different things. Um, and I think when, somebody, when you're all remote, you know, Zoom, Zoom video conferencing is fine, but you don't get to that kind of soft touch conversation. Right. of heads up or getting to know people, um, getting to understand, you know, what they're up to. And I think, I think that's a really important part of, 
a working community, mm -hmm. right, or an ecosystem that you've got this opportunity to kind of talk to each other and uh, get to know each other. Um, uh, I don't know what you thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I my mom, she's um, for a large part of her career, she's worked from home the whole time. And there was parts of it that obviously looked fun. It's like days that she could like wear her pajamas all day and like not have to do any of that. But I mean, I always kind of felt like I wouldn't enjoy that necessarily because she never gets that like one-on-one -on -one interaction with people or like getting to like, I mean, she travels a lot and gets to do that in those time frames but usually when she's working from home she's just on the phone she's on her computer and I just never thought that that would be a great fit for me I just like being in a work environment and as much as like working from home is a really great luxury when you need it I do feel like I like once I like step into the office I'm just kind of like in work mode and I'm a lot more likely to just be focused and working hard and like don't have any distractions and then if I do need to ask someone on my team a question it's so much easier to just like turn rather than like having to slack them the question mm -hmm. and maybe like there's a possibility there for like miscommunication of like mm -hmm. what's being asked or the conversation's just going to go a lot smoother and a lot faster if you can just ask in person so mm -hmm. I that community aspect is important to me and something that I enjoy about working and yeah. And I haven't always worked at jobs um, where I could do it remotely. Um, this job, I could literally do every part of my job remotely if I needed to. And I actually love coming to the office and being a team. And I miss, I've missed Mike when he's been gone these last couple of weeks mm -hmm. on paternity leave. I miss the interaction and the, the just, um, there's something about being there in person. And even on a snow day, if it's going to snow, I'll do my best to get in here because it, there's nothing better than a snow day in the office with the people who made it. <laughs> so, yeah, it um, was fun. We always order pizza or something. Right. right. We made it. Yeah. yeah, we survived. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, you know, the community piece, um, one thing that I think is really great about PIN is our Monday morning all hands, right? So yes. 9 o'clock Monday morning, we have an all hands um, the execs are mostly there. They're either challenged with traffic or, or traveling, but, you know, they zoom in and one of the executives leads it. But it's just a great opportunity to kind of go around the room on a Monday morning and we celebrate, you know, you know accomplishments from the week before. So each person saying it steps forward and I got this done, I got this done. And, oh, by the way, this week I'm doing this or doing that. Um, so it's a really great way to kind of informally communicate to everybody and give everybody an opportunity to kind of ring the bell and celebrate a win or call out somebody that really helped them or, you know, highlight the organization. This is a really big priority for this week that I need to need people's help with. Um, so I think that communication is really good. And, and it, it would be hard to facilitate that if, you know, the majority of the people were working remotely. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, be hard to do that. Um and, uh, you know, I, th I think that's pretty cool. I don't know what – is that format work for you guys or we should fine-tune that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I like it. We are a little bit of a smaller company, so I think that gives us um, the ability to kind of have a hand in every department and get to know what everyone's doing. And I actually, like, obviously, as you both know, PIN offers a lot of different things and it can be pretty complex. So when you're coming in as a new employee – that's a little bit tough to understand like what each department is actually doing. So I thought it was really smart when I was being trained that I got to have a sit down for about like 15 to 30 minutes with each department and they just broke down what they do and kind of how that would possibly intersect with my job. And I just thought that was really cool to kind of mm -hmm. get to be a part of everything and just feel mm -hmm. like, you know everything that's going on. There's really no questions. And then if there's any part of your job that needs to be addressed in a different department, like you know exactly who to go to, you know what they do, what they can do, that kind of thing. So I like that. And I like the all hands meeting. I just like getting to hear what everyone has to say. And then like, I think it's great that we have a good support system. Like when we do have wins, everyone wants to know and is very supportive. And obviously we communicate that on Slack as well, but obviously the in-person is a little bit more fun. Yeah. Agreed. I think that the all hands time is very valuable and very good for all of us to come together as one big team. Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> communication in an organization is probably the one most fundamental thing for success. And, uh, you know, I really didn't appreciate it until I was throwing the 
job of running internal communications for PayPal, eBay, and Skype for, for Meg Whitman. And I was like, Meg, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done internal communications. And she said, well, you're a good marketer. That's that's checkbox one and somebody that I trust. And so the checkbox two, so you have the jobs to turn up Monday. And I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. Um, and so I ended up building an internal communications team and a lot of tools, right, to communicate because you know, eBay was in like 35 countries and, you know, so lots of people around the world. And, you know, how do you communicate, right, from, you know, from the top of the organization, from Meg to somebody that's sitting in China or sitting in Dublin? Um, so we built a lot of capability um, that's pretty interesting, right? So uh, this is probably pre-Slack, and we can come back to Slack <laughs> in a minute. But, um, you know, we were doing podcasts. We were doing webcasts. We built an intranet, right? So when everybody signed into their computer in the morning, there was the news of the day or a message from Meg or and, and complete access to kind of information. We were doing radio shows um, and all-hands meetings that, you know, because we were part of Skype, we were Skyping those around the world, and it became a really big production, right? But critical to... Again, you know, back to that earlier point, if people don't know in the organization where they're going or where the organization's going, and if they haven't been clearly articulated what the top three priorities of the organization is um, and how they can be part of that success, then you've got a lot of people out there that are just maybe turning the sausages, right, and not getting any sausages or making even the wrong sausages, right? Um, there's a lot of that goes on in organizations where if you're mm -hmm. confused about what needs to be done or where you need to be go, then you just interpret, you know, what you think needs to be done or even worse, you just do what you like, right? And then all of a sudden you've got a pile of sausages, you know, that are coming out of the organization that just aren't valuable, right? So <clears throat> that communication and, um, you know, I think it's a, a planning process. So, you know, if you're out there listening and you run an organization, you know, I check yourself. Are you planning appropriately? Do you have a year plan? You know, so that's step one. And then how does that commu get communicated to the organization so that everybody in the organization knows where you're going as a team, right? And then ideally that cascades down and managers are giving their their teams at, on an ind individual basis, like this is what I need you to do, right? Um, so, you know, again, it's, 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 it's kind of 101 business, but it's surprising how many organizations I've walked into where they don't have a plan or they don't communicate. And when you talk to teams, they're, they're enjoying getting paid. They're kind of confused with what they have to do, but they're enjoying the people around them, right? And, um, and they're just, you know, they're, they're keeping busy, but not really being productive, if that makes sense. So, yeah, so we've spent a lot of time here at PIN in the last, you know, three months, you know, developing the plan and now communicating it. And, you know, we're going to be excited about the new office. So all good stuff. What else is out there? What else can we be talking about? <laughs> well, I don't know. You don't know? Not touched on. We, we didn't really talk about the table tennis table and the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, but that's, again, another part of the organization. I know... Um, Joy, it's right next to your cube, so it probably <laughs> drives you crazy because of the noise. Um, but, you know, back to those kind of working spaces, you know, it's equally fun to get out of your desk, move around, you know, find somebody, hit a, hit a, hit a table tennis uh, ball, ping pong ball. What do you call it here? Ping, ping pong. pong. Ping, ping pong, pong ball. Um, you know, and socializing around. You have cornhole things here too, you know, where you throw the bag into the the board with a hole that's out. even more annoying than the pink that's more annoying because it slams yeah, it's very loud. yeah. <laughs> and that's very uh that's been ir irritating the ping pong it's actually funny the other day i was i had my headphones in and suddenly i started hearing but 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 i thought that's a familiar sound but what is it and it took me a minute to realize it was the ping pong that we were that they were playing really? and it's just started i started tuning it out right. um but the the cornhole the thing is on the other side of my of my wall and I hear it bang and it it's jarring it actually kind of moves my my cubicle <laughs> so but no I really do like the atmosphere I like to hear people laughing and right. and um happy there's nothing better than hearing the bosses laughing in their office from across the from across the space because versus screaming right exactly big difference right <laughs> if they're happy then we can all be happy yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome well back to like uh team sports so uh you know i think we're 
signing up for, I don't know, what is it a kickball team? Or what mm-hmm. is kickball? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think, yeah, our office is, everyone's very close and hangs out outside of the office, which I think is great. And I think that's really cool that everyone has a lot in common where they want to kind of hang out together even after work hours. And so that, that's one of the things that they do once the weather starts to get warm here in Colorado, right. which to be fair, probably won't happen completely until like May, but um, they're going to do a cup in hand kickball league, which is basically where it's, you have like a cup of usually like beer or whatever you want, just to kind of casualize it a little bit and just make it super like non-competitive because it's like you have to kick the ball and like play the whole thing with like only one hand, basically. And you can't spill anything out of your beer. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's part of the rules, but I could definitely make the game a lot more interesting. I've actually, I've heard of offices doing it, and I was always, like, envious and, like, wanted my office to do that because I think that's really fun. Right. But I'm glad we're doing it, and I'm definitely going to play because that sounds like a lot of fun, and I think they're going to do it in Cherry Creek, which is really close to where I live. But, right. yeah, I think it's just, a, it's just a fun way to get everyone out in a little less serious environment and just right. kind of hang out and bond, yeah. which I think it's cool i like that so. yeah it's super i'm looking forward to it. i was kind of confused i had to google what kickball was but <laughs> um and then it said it was being played in australia or invited invented in australia which i can't imagine it was but so to me it was like soccer meets baseball right exactly. so yeah it's basically like yeah. you're on like a baseball like i mean some form of a baseball diamond where you're gonna have like first base second base shortstop kind of thing and then some outfielders and then whoever's up to bat, if you will, is going to be kicking it as far as they can, obviously, to get on one of the bases. Right. So it's literally exactly like baseball rules with soccer as the, as the scoring ball. element, right, basically. Right. Yeah. And then alcohol involved without, yeah. you know, yeah, what, what could possibly go wrong? I, <laughs> I'm excited to do this, but I know I'm going to tear my right hamstring because kind of competitive. Yeah. So I'm going to be trying to kick that soccer ball to the, you know, the next galaxy, and I know my hamstring's just going to completely snap. I'm just terrified <laughs> I'm going to do the Charlie Brown thing where you just totally miss it, and it's going to be really embarrassing and <laughs> sad, and I'll spill all over myself at the same time. But the best part about everyone in our office is, like, everyone's got a great sense of humor. There's probably going to be a few people Charlie Browning with me, so that makes me feel good. Right. And I think there's also a dodgeball component in this too, right? Like, can't you get somebody out if you throw the ball and hit them with the ball? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, once you're – like, obviously, you're trying to get them out at first, first thing, so you're going to try and throw the ball to the first baseman. But I don't know what the whole – Kind of, yeah, like if, if they're trying to steal a base, if you can, like, chuck it at well, them or something. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe if, you know, the someone's on first base and they kick it and the bases are kind of loaded so the second base, first base has to go to second base, I think you can throw the ball at the person running to second base and if you hit them, they're out. out. But I could be misinterpreting this. Yeah. Sounds like a great rule, though. Like it's dodgeball meets soccer meets <laughs> baseball. It'd be kind yeah. of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to ask Connor. He's kind of the commissioner behind yeah. the whole thing. As I, as I said, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> anyway, I think it's about time to wind up. Um, it's been great. So, Joy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks again bring, for having bring me. Bringing that Generation X stuff in. Sure. Hannah. My my uh, my uh, millennial that always keeps us uh, to task here, which is fantastic. So David Knight uh, signing out from the OK Boomer Show. Please uh, hit the like buttons, hit the bell, and uh, again, thanks to Pin Business Network for sponsoring the show today. So everybody have a great time and uh, treat those millennials and Gen X as well. Um, they're the future of our, our our lives and our planet and our companies. So. Go out and enjoy. Thanks a lot.